This daily grind, I need one wine. Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. You know, life can be such a grind at times, and so we're here sharing God's word with you to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. Every day of my life is such a grind. It's time to grind. So here's the host of the Grind It Podcast, the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. Today I decided to do something just a little different and uh, just record from outside. It's a beautiful day, so you may hear some birds chirping in the uh, all around me, or you may hear a, a dog bark now and then, and an occasional airplane fly over. Since we do live pretty close to an airport, uh, but it's just a beautiful day, and wanted, like I said, I want to do something different. And today I'm going to start Acts chapter 17, and. We've been talking about Paul and Barnabas and all these great things that they've done together. And, and they have now separated and, and they had an argument, a disagreement over John Mark. And, and so Barnabas is going to take John Mark and go his separate ways. And we talked all about that in Acts 16. And Paul chooses Silas to go with him on his journey as he's going to go and revisit some of the churches that he and Barnabas has started. And as I said in the previous chapter, I just wonder uh, if Silas had any clue, any inkling as to what he was getting himself into uh, because of you know what happens to them as soon as they arrive in Philippi and Paul casts out that demon out of that slave girl and she couldn't tell fortunes anymore and they're severely beaten, they're flogged, and they're, they're thrown into that prison. Um, and so this is going to be a reoccurring theme for Paul and Silas. And like I said in the last pod, in, in the last podcast, last chapter, uh, we no longer hear from Barnabas, and, and Luke is going to focus on the ministry of Paul because he is actually traveling around with Paul, and he is pinning this stuff down. He's witnessing this stuff firsthand, which is pretty cool. And so, after being released from prison or the jail, the dungeon, whatever you want to call it, he, Paul, and Silas, they they go back to. Lydia's house and they explained to the new converts there what had just taken place and how they were beaten for uh, casting that uh, that demon out of that slave girl and and so they're gonna uh, leave town the next day and this is where chapter 17 picks up and so they're, they're still in Macedonia but they're gonna travel to a new place they're gonna travel through Amphipolis and Apollonia and then they're gonna come to a place called Thessalonica um, I believe at this point that uh, Timothy is with them as well because we can actually read two of the letters that Paul wrote to the church at Thessalonica and he mentions Timothy as he starts off uh, his letter to the church there at Thessalonica. There was a synagogue uh, there and so as he did every time he entered to a city, if there was a synagogue present, he would go to the synagogue because he knew that there was people there who worshiped God who would be interested uh, or who may be interested in hearing about the Messiah, the one that they've been looking for for a long time and how he has come and he has died on a cross and how he was buried and, and God raised him from the dead and now he is seated at God's right hand that he is the Messiah and he has in fact shed his blood for the remission of our sins. That would be Paul's message. And so when he gets to Thessalonica, he, he, he finds a synagogue and, and he goes there on the Sabbath day. And as a matter of fact, he goes there 
the next three Sabbaths. So a, a, a three-week period passes by, and he uses Scripture. He uses writings from the, the Old Testament prophets. They would be very familiar with the prophet's writings and so he he took what the prophet said and he introduced jesus proving that jesus is the messiah to these jews and to these greek proselytes who had been converted over to judaism and and, and paul tells them how that that the messiah had to suffer and that he was he was raised from the dead and and Luke tells us that some people believed the message that paul presented to them and he said it was some jews some greek proselytes and a few prominent women and so I, I just want to take a minute here to, to think about something you know I live in the United States I, I don't know where you are listening to this podcast and thank you for listening by the way or thank you for uh, watching on YouTube but maybe you live in another country I don't know but I live in the United States where we are absolutely free to worship God and for the for the most part we're not persecuted uh, not like they were persecuted in, in the New Testament church here in the book of Acts. Uh, it, there's always some exceptions. And yes, every now and then some, somebody may get beat for their faith. Somebody may lose their life for the fa their faith. But for the most part, we have the freedom to, to worship God uh, without persecution. And in particular, in the United States, I live in, in, in what we call the South. And it's known as the Bible Belt. Uh, people here have been preached to for so long that we take God's word for granted. We take the gospel message for granted because we, have, we it's just ingrained in us. We was raised in it and we have heard it all of our lives. And, and, and so what happens is we, we come callous to the message. It's kind of like, okay, I, I play guitar. And so uh, I've been playing guitar for several years now. And since I've started playing guitar my hands my fingers have become callous and, and the the strings no longer hurt my hands so uh because the areas where my fingers grip the strings it, ha it has cut them so much and and, and and scabs that come over that area that they have become callous they have hardened if you will so no the strings no longer affect my fingers like they did when i when i first uh started playing guitar and that's the way we are here in the south in the bible belt uh, toward the Bible and toward Jesus you know we, most of us were raised in church we've heard this message all of our life and we've heard it so much that it just no longer affects us anymore we have become callous to it but I want you to think about this these men literally put their lives on the line each and every day taking this message this hope of the death barrel and resurrection of Jesus Christ and giving people hope that when they lay down for the rest of their lives in a grave that they can have hope in being with God for eternity in heaven. And so if, if you would just take, just pause this podcast, pause the YouTube channel and take a, a moment just to read First and Second Thessalonians. You can do it in just a few minutes. And if you, if you'll just take a moment to read those two letters that, that, uh, Paul wrote to these new Christians in Thessalonica, uh, you'll see that he was concerned with them leaving the faith so quickly because even they too, these new Christians, were being persecuted for obeying the gospel. They were being persecuted for their faith and, and some were even dying because of the choice that they made to follow 
Jesus. And, and as we continue to go through the book of Acts, it, it, this just amazes me how, as a matter of fact, a friend of mine just sent a message, uh, uh, posted a, a comment on something I posted on Facebook, and, uh, and, and, and I responded back to him about how, the, you know, what going through the book of Acts for this podcast and studying it in, in, in a lot of detail. And, and I look at the church that, that was being birthed here in the book of Acts, and I look at the church here in 2021, and it, it, it just doesn't match up. It, 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 it just, I don't see the church of Acts in the, the church today. You know, there's little bits and pieces, but we have, in my opinion, have made a mockery, an absolute mockery of God's church and the idea that he had for church because, like I said, we have the freedom, we're not persecuted, and, and we have, we've become callous to it, and the message just does not affect us like it did when we first believed or like it did back in the Bible days when it was just new and fresh. Uh, and so take, and I just challenge you, just take a few minutes to read First Thessalonians and Second Thessalonians, and you will see the concern that Paul had with these new believers because he had to leave, he had to move on down the road and 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 continue to, to visit other places. And and so he was so concerned, matter of fact, that he he sent Timothy back to check on them while he stayed in Athens, and he stayed in Athens until Timothy came back and gave a report of, of how the people were doing. Uh, and you know, and, and we we really have no idea what that was like for the early Christians. You know, they they never took the gospel for granted. They they cherished it. They I mean, they absolutely embraced it. Their walk with Christ meant absolutely everything to them, and they fashioned their life about, around Jesus. You know, we we've turned church into this Sunday morning event that we may go to or we may not go to. Now we can watch it online, so we don't even have to leave our house. To be a part of it uh, because of COVID and all these churches have gone online or on Facebook and you know we we've got the nice air conditioned buildings we got these million dollar budgets we got light shows we got concerts we we got all kinds of entertainment we we, we got professional band members you know it, it's just it's just one big show you know and if we don't like the preacher we'll go you know if, if this church don't entertain my family then I'm going to this church that will entertain my family. That, that's what we've turned church into. It's just like one big circus show or something, some big entertainment show. But, I, I, you know, please understand, as great as we have it here in America, the church that we have today in the United States is not the way the church was in the beginning, in the book of Acts. And, and even in some other countries today, you still see the church that is in the book of Acts. People are still being persecuted for their faith. The church is underground. You, in some countries, it's illegal to own a Bible. You can't even have a Bible, especially out in public. You know, we have Bibles on our on our iPads, on our phones, our Androids, whatever phone we use, and and we take it for granted. Households have five to seven copies that sit around collecting dust because we hardly ever open it up. If we ever do open it up, you know, it's just thrown on a shelf somewhere. But yet there's people who are ripping pages out and memorizing just a page and then passing it on to somebody else so they can memorize it because they are persecuted for their faith. And if they were seen with a Bible, they would be beaten, they would be jailed, and they could possibly even lose their life. So I just want to challenge you today, Christian, in America, 
Find your love for Jesus. Find your love for the church. Find your love for the gospel. And don't take Jesus. Don't take the church. Don't take the gospel for granted. When we come back from break, we're going to pick up with Acts chapter 17 and see where Paul, Silas, and Timothy are going to take us. We'll be right back. This is Bruce Stott, one of the elders at Partnership Christian Church, and I want to invite you and your family to worship with us this coming Sunday. Check us out on Facebook or YouTube for service times and directions. Thanks for listening to Grind It Podcast. Keep grinding. So, in a few short weeks after spending some time in the synagogue and sharing scriptures from the prophets, Paul has a handful of converts and just as it happens in every city that he visits, if there you know, there trouble, 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 trouble starts to to brew and there's some jealous Jews who stirred up a mob and they're going to go to the house where Paul uh, was supposed to be staying, but fortunately for him, he was gone and Silas was gone. Uh, but this was at the house of a guy named Jason. And since Paul and Silas were gone and they couldn't uh, get to Paul and Silas, so they grabbed the next best thing. They grabbed the owner of the house because, hey, he's the one who let these sinners, if you will, these troublemakers is what they're going to call them. Uh, he let these troublemakers stay in his house. So he, he's guilty of treason. They're going to literally drag Jason before uh, before the, the city council and accuse him of treason. And here, here's the way um, Luke writes it. He says, Paul and Silas have caused trouble all over the world. This is what these Jews are saying about Paul and Silas. Paul and Silas have caused trouble all over the world, they shouted. And now they are here disturbing our city too. And Jason has welcomed them into his home. They are all guilty of treason against Caesar, for they profess allegiance to another king named Jesus. And Jesus is, as we know from the book of Revelation, the king of kings and the Lord of lords. So yes, they're in their message at some point in their conversations, they would mention Jesus being a king. And if you remember when, when, Jesus, when they had the mock trial for Jesus, uh, the soldiers mocked him as a king. They put the robe on him after they beat him, and, and they put the scepter in his hand. They put the crown of thorns on his head. And, you know, and, and Jesus told Pilate, he says, My kingdom is not of this world. Because if it was, you know, they would come and rescue me. But no, my kingdom is not of this world. It, it, it's, it's in a far better place. And you know, we all have the opportunity to go where our king is and he's seated at the right hand of the all-powerful almighty god so we're going to break down what they say here uh, about paul and silas they say that paul and silas are troublemakers and so my question is when i'm studying this is how so how are paul and silas troublemakers i mean think about this they're bringing the great news of salvation they're giving people the opportunity to have eternal life with God. They're healing people of their sicknesses and diseases. They're casting out demons. They're bringing hope to the hopeless. I mean, people who literally have no hope. I mean, they have a sickness. They have a disease. And they didn't have advanced medicines like we have today. They couldn't take a pill. They couldn't, they, they couldn't take a uh, 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 you know this medicine that, that would make them better. They would die from simple uh, simple diseases like a cold or, or, or something like that. They, they, you know, they, 
they, they just didn't have the advancement of the technology that we have and the medicines that we have today. And so they would die from these simple things. And, and, and Paul had the power through the Holy Spirit to heal people. And he, and he was doing that just like Jesus did. He, he was bringing hope to the hopeless. And yet they're being called troublemakers. They're giving people the greatest peace that they could ever have. How is this causing trouble? And if you think about it, they don't even have any weapons. They're just three men who are traveling, traveling around and, and talking about Jesus. But yet they are the ones who are labeled the troublemakers. And then they say that Paul and Silas are going all over the world preaching about this king named Jesus. Well, that's exaggerated because they're they're not going all over the world. And as a matter of fact, you can get look in the the the, uh, the title of this uh, of this message or this podcast on YouTube, and I posted uh, posted a link, or I will post a link there uh, for the the map of the second missionary journeys we call it. And they basically went in a straight line around the edges of the sea, and they just basically just did a circle. They didn't go all around the world. Now there were other Christians that when Jeru when uh, persecution hit Jerusalem so bad that the church scattered. Now the church did scatter around and their message would be the exact same thing. The gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So yes, the gospel did spread to other places. Luke is zeroing in, if you will, on Paul and his on his mission and, and, and him traveling around to these these cities and, and, and starting churches and making new converts to Christ. But they didn't go all over the world. They went to certain places. As a matter of fact, the, the Holy Spirit we've seen uh, in the last chapter, maybe this chapter, the Holy Spirit, they want to go here and they want to go here. No, it was last, last podcast, last chapter, Acts 16, when the, they wanted to go to Bithynia and the Holy Spirit says no. They, they wanted to go down here to Asia Minor and the Holy Spirit says no. And so they just continued to go. Then they had the Macedonian call. So they didn't go all over the world, which is my point. They went to certain places. But but see, they, they, they want to stir up the council. They want to stir up the, the governing body uh, because these troublemakers are here with their message, right? And, and so they want to get everybody excited. They, they want to exaggerate the truth, which is what the enemy does. He he takes something small and he makes it huge. These people are going all over the world and they're they're stirring up trouble and they're preaching about this King Jesus and we're supposed to be serving Caesar because we're under the Roman Empire rule and 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 so this is what they're doing. What are you going to do about it, City Council? They you know they're they're in treason here. And notice that Luke says that they shouted this to the council. Now think about this. They're calling, they're calling Paul and Silas and Timothy troublemakers. But yet they're the ones who are shouting. Paul and Silas are not shouting. They're praying and they're singing songs to God while they're in prison. But they're not going around shouting. They're, they're having conversations with men and women. And they're going to the synagogue and they're reasoning the scriptures with people. But they're not shouting. But these, these people who have dragged Jason before the city council... And they're really mad at Paul and Silas, but they're taking it out on Jason. 
and because he's the one that housed them, if you will. And, and so they're shouting and they're, they have brought these innocent people before the council. They're angry and they're hurling accusations to get these men and women in trouble. Pure irony. Pure irony. Because Jesus is all about peace, but the enemy, not so much. And he's going to exaggerate the truth. He's going to exaggerate something small, so minute. And he's going to blow it up and to make it something that it's not just to get you in trouble when you haven't done anything wrong. These men are bringing hope to the hopeless. They're offering salvation. They're offering for people to have their sins forgiven so that they can go to heaven for eternity and be with God, to be with their Savior, to be with the one who paid the price for our sin for eternity. But yet, they're calling them troublemakers. And then, they, then Luke says this. He says, and now, this is what the people are saying. They're shouting right to the city council. And he says, and now they are here disturbing our city too. The King James Version says it like this. These that have turned the world upside down are come here also. Now, here's something interesting. The Greek word here is anastatu. Anastatu, if I can pronounce it right. To stir, it means to stir up, to excite, to unsettle. It's a word that is derived from the Greek word anastemi, or anastemi, which means to cause, to rise up, to raise up from lying down, to raise up from the dead, to raise up, to cause to be born, to cause to appear, to bring forward, to rise, to stand up of persons that are lying down or people that have been lying on the ground, of persons seated. Now, here, here's what's uh, cool about this word. Have you ever seen water that was clear, but yet when you step into it or you stir it with something, it just it, it just gets nasty. All that trash that has settled down to the bottom, it it, it gets stirred up, and, it, and it, from you know from the pressure of our foot or whatever, wherever we the stick we stir it with, and it, it just all this trash it just that had been settled at the bottom, it rises up, and the the clear water has now become dirty. It's nasty looking. Well, that's what these people are saying about Paul and Silas. They're saying, our city was calm, it was settled, it was peaceful, but these men have, they have stirred the waters, if you will. They, they have put their foot in the water, our clear, our clean water, and they have made this trash rise to the top, and they're, they're troublemakers. They're, they've come along stirring this water, and, and they're bringing their message about Jesus, this king, and we're supposed to be serving Caesar, but they're making the the water nasty here and not only that Jason let him stay at his house can you believe how horrible right but you see that they have it all backwards without Jesus they're the ones who are nasty they're they're stained with sin and Jesus had died to cleanse them of that sin that sin stain on their life and being Jews they should have known that especially if they're going to the synagogue every week and hearing the scriptures proclaimed they know what the scriptures say about the Messiah and how he would be coming and they're to be looking for the Messiah and now the Messiah has come and he has gone and he has brought this hope but they reject the message about Jesus they're not rejecting Paul and Silas they are rejecting Jesus just like Jesus told Paul or when he was still Saul on the road to Damascus he says you're not persecuting these people you're not persecuting these men and women and, and dragging them out of their house and taking them from their families and putting them in prison you are persecuting me and that's exactly what these people are doing they're, they're persecuting 
Yes, we see Paul and Silas being persecuted. We see Jason being persecuted. But what they are mad about is Jesus. The one who died for their sins. And we see it all the time in our world today. People just are just angry, mad, mad about everything under the sun. But what are they mad about? Jesus. They don't want to be told how to live. And they don't want to be told what to do. And when you say, Jesus has done this for you, all you have to do is accept him and put your will to the side and put put on Christ and live for him, what do they do? They get angry. They get mad. They don't want to hear it. And so the city council gets all in a tizzy over their accusations and, and, and they're persuaded by this by these people and they make Jason and the other believers post bond. And, and of course, you know, they're going to make money off the situation, right? It's all about the money. And so that night, the believers, uh, they're going to help Paul and Silas get out of town. And, and, and the next place they're going to go to is Berea. But before moving on, I want to point this out. That the word that Luke used for city council in Acts 17, verse 6, is the word polytarch. And this word polytarch is, had never been seen before. It had never been used in any other kind of literature. And so, uh, and I've mentioned this guy before in another podcast, but there was a guy by the name of Sir William Ramsey who was an archaeologist, I believe from Britain, and he was going to prove that Luke was a fluke. And he was going to prove that Luke's writings was false. And so he sets off and does these archaeological digs, and what he finds is some inscriptions on stone. He found several of them that used the word polytarch, the exact word that Luke used here in Acts 17, verse 6. And that was, if, if I'm not mistaken, that was the defining moment for Sir William Ramsey that turned, he, 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 he set out to prove Luke wrong. But what he did was prove Luke right, that Luke's writings are exactly what he said. They, they happen exactly how he says it would happen. The words that he used, because he was a doctor, he, his Greek is very polished, especially compared to Paul's Greek. It's very polished and very well done. And, 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 and this word was, was used by Luke, and it was proven by this archaeologist to exist. And so uh, Sir William Ramsey basically says that Luke was spot on, and he became a believer himself. What about you, friend? What, what does it take? What do you have to see to know that God is real? God exists, and His Son was sent to die on a cross for our sins, your sins and my sins, that, that we have a sin stain upon us. We, we are like just nasty red, just covered. And Jesus' blood washes that red stain white as snow. That's what He tells us in the book of Isaiah. I don't know what it takes for you to be convinced that God is real. His word is true. It's absolute truth. I don't know what it takes to get you to follow Jesus. But I pray today that something I've said or something that you read, something you see, will just let it click in your mind. The Holy Spirit will take the seed that is planted and that God, as we plant the seed and we water the seed, that God will cause it to grow and that he will bring increase in your life, that you would give your life to Jesus Christ, that your sins will be washed whiter than snow, and that you, you would have the hope that we have, 
that when we take our last breath, when our heart beats for the last time, that we get to go into the, we take our last breath here on this earth, we take our first step into eternity, and it's with God the Father, with God the Son, who paid the price for our sin, who shed His innocent blood. He did no wrong, but yet He paid the price. He was the ultimate sacrifice for you and for me because He knew that was the only way that we could make it to heaven, that we could be made friends again, if you will, been reconciled back to God. And he, so willing, he, could have, he could have called legions of angels to rescue him, he said, but he didn't. He went through that pain on that cross for you and for me because of his love for us, his unconditional love. And he will take you today, no matter where you're at, no matter what you've done, because he loves you that much. And he will save you. And he will give you a clean slate and let you start over. And here's the thing. You're going to sin again. We all sin. We all fall short of the glory of God. Romans 3.23 But as long as we continue to walk with Christ, our sins are forgiven. And I pray that you today, friend, that your sins are forgiven and you're on your way to heaven. If that is you today, I pray that you share this message. Share this podcast. If you're If you're... If you're not comfortable sharing the gospel, by all means, please tell people about this podcast so that they can hear about the good news of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. And they can have the hope. They can have the opportunity to accept Christ as their Lord and Savior. I pray today that you give your life to Christ. That you are following Christ. And if you're going through something that is just unbearable, Contact us here at, at, at the Grinded Podcast. You can email email us at thegrinditpodcast at gmail.com and we will respond just as quickly as we can. God bless you and keep grinding. Thank you for joining us today on the Grinded Podcast. Please feel free to share this podcast with your friends and your family so that they too can be encouraged by the power of God's Word. If you have any comments or questions, just email them to thegrinditpodcast at gmail.com. Remember, keep grinding, and God bless you.